Gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 11, I believe, of Tales with TR. Coming at you from beautiful Mount Pearl, Newfoundland, Canada, North America, Earth, Milky Way. I hope you're all doing all right. It's... um. Frustrating for all of us. One thing, though, one thing, you know, I'll start again with the coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But one thing, you know, I see today. So Dr. Fauci, now I'm, I'm assuming you all know who he is. Like, I'm assuming people are watching the news, right? I'm assuming that. Or it's some kind of your local news, CNN, Fox, whatever. This is not a Democrat, Republican thing. Most news channels should probably have the precautions you're supposed to take. Now, this is where I'll start because Dr. Fauci today, I'm looking at Twitter, and he's got to go into seclusion now and up his security because people are making death threats to a fucking medical doctor who's 79 years old, who spent his whole life helping other people and doing research that average minds like mine and yours, for the most part, uh, you know, doing work that I, I got to be honest, you know, he's a fucking doctor. I wouldn't be able to do it. A lot of people out there I don't mean to insult anybody's intelligence. Point being, this guy has given his life to the medical field, which is put in place to help people. And now you've got him because people, uh, you know what? People, yeah, yeah. They're going to decide that they're going to base their opinion because it, it fits their narrative. They're going to base their opinion on Facebook fucking Bob, who's saying it's a conspiracy. What does Facebook Bob do? Well, he got caught running drugs over the border in a fucking kayak, and now he's a real estate agent in, in fucking some county in Florida. But we're going to take his word over Dr. fucking Fauci, who's a doctor. No, this is, honestly, anybody who thinks this is a fucking hoax with the whole world inside, yeah, someone just came up with this in Wuhan, China. You fucking idiots. Well, not the people who are listening, but you know what I'm saying. Jesus Christ, this guy got to go into hiding, Dr. Fauci, because he's coming on TV every day and trying to tell people, wake the fuck up. Now, of course, I'm not going to sit here and be a hypocrite. I've been outside the house. I know I say stay in. Yeah, I go outside. I, I wear my scarf over my mouth. I go on long walks with nobody around. I mean, within 200 yards. I'm not saying I'm fucking great or anything else. And yes, I've had to get groceries. And you know what I do? I put out a thing on, fa- on Facebook or Twitter, and a bunch of people contact me, and I go get four or five sets of groceries for 
you know, for people who either can't get out or have a family and don't want to bring their family, can't leave their kids at home, get no daycare, older people that are nervous, whatever it might be. So anyway, I'm walking into No Frills. It's a grocery store here in Paradise. They've taken good production uh, precautions so far. So I like going there. They space people out. They have uh, hand sanitizer on the way in. And anyway, a lady comes in with her three kids, three kids. And they're all over everything. They're picking up fruit and laying it down and laughing and coughing and mommy and my, and she's choking and she's in there and talking to people with a security guard to come over and say, ma'am, people are getting uncomfortable. And what, what did she say? Fucking paradise, no frills, grocery store, Newfoundland. Judging, uh, maybe she was a doctor. She didn't look like it. I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth. She says, but a coronavirus, by, it's all a fucking hoax from the government. Now, it's a hoax. She's going to base her belief system on wherever she heard that, which I can guarantee fucking you is not a doctor or anybody with even a fucking folklore degree. So she's basing, so whoever told her that is who she's choosing to believe because it fits her narrative. And her narrative is wanting to go to the grocery store of fucking a dozen fucking two liter Pepsis in her bag too, or in her cart, right? Go to the grocery store and get all the shit and junk that she needs for her family who are listening to her and forming their opinions. The youngest kid was about eight. He was obese. The two little girls were obese. And no, I'm not picking on... Um, people that are overweight lots of people are and there's lots of reasons but you don't have to be ignorant and let's be honest if you're obese at eight that's not a good health thing that's not good for your health there's two sides to that you know weight coin i mean i within a within a limit i mean no one's perfect we all love to eat we're in this age you know civilization that food is being prepared better than ever but to me there's no excuse for an eight-year-old that's over 200 well I don't know what he was or the girls were, but they were obese, like without even guessing. They were large. And that's not good. I'm, I'm just saying, you look at these, you pop, top on the TV, TV and Lizzo or Cardi B, and I get it. You got to be proud of yourself. And you, people need to have self-respect. But I do think if you're a certain, if you're a gigantic, if you're en route to a heart attack or heart disease, no. I don't know many people that are 80 or even 70 plus or certainly not 80 or 90 that are obese, right? So it is a health. I mean, you, you should watch what you eat. Now, if you have some kind of weight problem and you're eating great and your cholesterol is perfect and you're, you know, I don't think that the actual look of someone who's overweight should ever be discriminated against. No, not for sure. And there are people like that. But if it's because you're eating fucking, you know, a Big Mac, combo washing it down with a sundae and then having three or four beers before you go to bed with the big bag of doritos that ain't healthy and you know i guess it's a form if you're going to let i want to say form of ignorance again i don't want to step on anybody's toes but you know we we've all got to really look out for each other here um and had nothing, no, her ignorance had nothing to do with weight. It's merely a side note. I think we're in an area where we're in a time of, and a place that no one wants to offend anybody. And, and I'm one of them. I don't want to offend anybody. 
you know, if you're, if you're 400 pounds, say you gotta get, you gotta give your head a shake, right? I don't care who you are, right? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta look at that and, and hopefully get a little bit healthier. Like I said, it's not just a weight thing. Some people are 300 pounds, 5'10", can't do anything about it. It's some kind of deficiency in their makeup. Which is, you know, again, I'm not judging people on the way they look. But if you look one way and you're spilling shit all over the aisles, and this one, this one, girl, one of her daughters was eating a cheeseburger, got it in her hand, grabbing fruit, throwing it back. Mom, 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 I want Hagen Dazs. I want Hagen Dazs. Running around the store like, like circus performers. Everybody else was like standing within 50 feet of each other. Like, I mean, they only let 12 or 13 people in at a time. You know, I mean, and people get slightly inconvenienced like that. So they got to go in and put the place up in no frills and make everybody nervous, slopping and snotting and sneezing on everything, eating shit. Right? People got to look at Dr. Fauci and fucking give him death threats because it doesn't fit their convenient narrative. Like, look where we are in history. Most of the time that human beings, like, look in the mirror, right? So your ancestors that look just like that, had to worry about not getting eaten by a fucking tiger before they went to bed. That, that, was, their, that was their, you know, their big, uh, cushy part of their day was probably eating if they could find fire and cook the fucking mammal they were eating, whatever it might be, in some cases a rat, and then maybe, just maybe, bang their wife or their husband or whoever, whoever it is. You know, have a kid and, and then really not even be able to watch it grow and have fun and be creative and show it how to color and take it to school and watch it learn and go to concert recitals. No, all they had to do was worry that this thing's not going to get eaten by a fucking tiger tomorrow. Or some group of Vikings not going to come in, rape everybody here, hang me, fuck my wife and take my daughter. Right. These are what most people had to deal with. Most. The vast majority. And if you go back over 200,000 years, then we're not, it's not, now we're not people anymore. If you go way back, we're paramecium. We're bacteria in the ocean. Is that what you want to be? We got to give them this great gift of life. And all they're asking people now is to do is stay in, stay in. Just fucking turn on the TV. Whatever you're going to do. Now, if you've got financial problems and you're – because that's going to be a thing, right? I'm not knocking that. I'm not playing that down. Mental health, right? Mental health is, is – going to be take a hard hit here people that are and, and a lot of people i've always said it some people it, like mental health that's something that we all have to look at right like i say i get anxiety and depressed well so yep, i do i get it a lot maybe more than normal i think so maybe that had something to do with the concussions like i, I really don't know but i know that some if, if everything's good if i got a lot of money in my pocket if i'm with my daughter and i'm having a good i'm generally not stressed Cut myself up. If I'm with my daughter, I'm having a good time, whatever. I'm at her soccer, I'm at her dance recitals, we're hanging out, whatever it might be. Any time with Penny Lane is a good time. Right? So if I've got money and all the bills are paid and she's happy, and my ex-wife Danielle, we're still a family, right? Like we still have to get along. If all those things go well, if Tyson I keep saying stepson, but I mean it's BJ's son. I raised him, and you know, he, he I did it for a reason. I'm concerned. He's got to be happy. If all those things are, are right on, then I, I'm not really, I don't have much anxiety or depression. I, I am wound up. Who knows where that came from? Point being is that we all, like, you know, 
we all get majorly stressed. We need major help. Some people that aren't, again, born with some mental problems develop them if something like this happens. You got a wife and three kids and you go bankrupt, that'll fucking do it. That's mental health, right? When you decide, a lot of these people that commit suicide, well, you know, he or she was fine their whole life. I didn't see it. I know. We probably just, they probably got bad news. In a split second, they made the wrong decision. Doesn't mean they necessarily went around every day with, a, with mental baggage, begging for help. They could have gotten fucking bad news after having a few beers. Boom. Head blown off. But anyway, that's why. Like, we're at the beginning of this. We all need, ha- we need to help each other. We need to be there. We don't need people saying it's a hoax. We don't need fucking medical doctors that are helping us out every single day and putting their life on the line. We don't need them threatened. Jesus Christ. Think about it. The history of human civilization, what we've had to endure and what we've had to live through and now this is too much for fucking ian instagram that got to go on and show his fucking pecs at the gym looking in the fucking mirror selfie selfie tuesday the fuck out of here jesus fucking christ or these people that are i said they go on they're saying social distance and they're having this online Instagram fucking live party, whatever they're doing. And you see one of the, and there's like six boxes and they're all going hi, one person in each. And the one got like six or seven people all cheers and playing fucking Scrabble. It's not social distancing guys. Don't put, just cause you're not in a group of 10, right? That was, a, that's so two months ago. <laughs> Jesus, but you can't be getting together on Friday night spies for fucking pizza parties and shit. Just keeping it under 10 and thinking you're cool. One person has it, they can spread it. Anyway, that's that's kind of... Jesus, I'm pissed off today, eh? But that's it. That's how I feel. And I'll tell you something else that's pissing me off. I'll tell you something else as long as I'm here. Why do these fucking cars... You can't get a vehicle now that doesn't have an annoying alarm when the seatbelt's not on. Boys, I get it. I get it. Are you that concerned for my life? Are you really that fucking concerned? Ding, 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 ding. Okay, I'm running errands for people now, boys. How about this? I'm going five places within half a kilometer, right? Or I'm driving around a parking lot. There's lots of situations that I don't want to keep putting the fucking thing on. And sometimes it's a hindrance. Sometimes it doesn't fucking work. Right? Sometimes it just won't come across. Put it in drive. Go ding, 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 ding. Fuck off! Jesus Christ! I get it. I get it. I should wear my seatbelt. But there's times I don't want to. Go fuck, fuck yourself. I don't want to wear it. Now, I know what you're saying. And people are over there on the other side now going, oh, well, you know, Terry, what an asshole. You know, they're only looking out for your safety. Maybe. Now, I don't want to get more, but I knew a guy that died because he had it on. He was in the passenger seat, and they were driving, and he had it on. And when they stopped, of course, came up, seatbelt acted as uh, an obstruction, whatever, and 
you know, he ended up passing away. Not to get morbid, because I don't want to go to that story. That's why I'm not going to say the name. I'm not going to say where it happened. I will soon, though, because the this, this, this story is an interesting one. It's fascinating in the wrong way. But anyway, that's what I'm saying. I mean, shit happens on both ways. I mean, I shouldn't jaywalk. But when I start doing it, I don't want to hear an alarm go off. Jesus. I know it's a law. I know it. I know it. But sometimes, might be really few and far between. It might be 2% of the time I get in. One out of every 50 times I get in the car. But sometimes, I'm going to five or six places within a kilometer. I don't want to fucking wear it. I don't want to wear my seatbelt. And I'm serious. I would buy another car of the exact same, exact same level of comfort. It was rated the same. That's a deal breaker for me. I would take the car that did ding, 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 ding. I would take, it's just bothering me just thinking about it. Now, only on a day like this that I'm pissed off would I really complain about that because I get it. It's a safety issue. It's a safety issue. But I don't, you know, at some point I just don't need people watching over me every fucking minute of every day. I want the freedom to be able to, you know, to, to, to not wear my seatbelt. Princess! Princess! Sorry, the cat's chewing at a wire. Not unlike any other day. Um, so, uh, boy, that's, um, that's pretty heavy off the top. And I keep saying that every week. But anyway, that's it. I'm pissed off. I just can't believe it. As soon as I, as soon as I finish this, I press stop. I turn on the TV. It'll be someone else calling it all a hoax and everything else. Well, but, but what if you're wrong? Right? I often say that to people, like, what if you're wrong? Right? What if you're wrong? So go the fuck home. Shove the Doritos in your fucking fat head. Wash it down with your fucking 12 two liters of fucking Pepsi. Throw on Netflix or play a video game, whatever. Come out of your cave in a fucking week on your own. Leave the kids at home and get your fucking groceries. Go home. Shut the fuck up till it's over. Oh, we need, we need positive reinforcement, not negative. I'm going back into it. Okay. Um, should we have a cup or not? Should we have a Stanley cup or not? First of all, there's a lot of people that are, I mean, I'm reading tweets today. So, you know, how do the players feel about this? You know, they might be off for a couple months. Buzz, the season's over. I hate to, <laughs> hate to break it to everybody, but the season's over. Now, on a hypothetical, if they could, if they could, let's say it starts up in, in September or whenever we can get public. As soon as we can get public, that's when the um, major sports will go back at it, right? As soon as we can have public people in. I mean, they could do it team versus team with no, no crowd. But, but even then, you're going to have to agree to some level of social acceptance to, to go out and be in crowds. doesn't have to be 20,000 crowds, but one team playing another, snotting and fucking bleeding and, and sweating and all that is not going to fly, I'm telling you, until all this is over. So whenever it does, let's say it's September, right? People ask me what I'd like to see happen. Well, the 1920 season... I'd like to finish it one way or another. A lot of people, and again, this is just, there's, this is like politics now. There's no need to eat each other's heads off. This is my opinion. I've heard some, OP, some people say, well, if you can't do it four, four rounds, seven games, like always, if you can't have the same circumstances the other players had in the past, well, we can't do it. 
because princess for fuck's sakes sorry about that my cat's going nuts i love her though i love princess i'm just in a bad mood and um projecting that onto everybody else although the things i said i i do strongly believe i might be just a little bit extra pissed off about them where was i just then i was in the middle of talking about uh oh having the cup yeah so just one second penny lane can you keep it down a bit thank you it's pure chaos i'm sorry i gotta pump these out or i want to at least because i know everybody's Board, including myself, but the circumstances are less than spectacular today. Anyway, yeah, cup. So I'd rather just finish. I'd rather have a cup. Yes, I'd rather have a cup. Um, whether that means rounds of two out of three, or whether that means a penny lane. I gotta ask you. Well, I can hear your voice and I'm on, the, I'm on here. Just, I don't know if it's going to carry. <laughs> it's all right. Just, just keep it down a little if you don't mind. Sorry about that. This is chaos today. I'm just whatever. <clears throat> We've, it's, uh, anyway, okay. Where was I? <sighs> Having a cup regardless. Yes. So, oh, Jesus. oh, God, just one second. Okay, um, there's a thousand things going on where I am right now. I think I might just, I don't know, I'm toying with the idea of scrapping this and just starting again, but I only got a limited time. And I don't have any tomorrow. So anyway, I'm just going to keep going, I suppose. What a fucking mess this podcast is. What a mess. I'm sorry. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Stressed the fuck out like all of us. But that's it, right? You got to live like this and you got to do it. That's it. We got to put our feet down. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Jesus. Okay. Is there a cup? Yeah, I would um, prefer there to be a cup. Uh, of some sort, it doesn't matter as long as it's given out. The, the, the situation is the same for everybody, right? So what, what I mean by that is if they agree to have four rounds of two out of three, if they just take eight, top eight teams and they have a fucking shootout, whatever it is, if they all agree on the same thing, fine. It's better. The alternative is that there's no cup at all. So I'd rather be a Stanley Cup, yes. How they're going to award it, I don't know. I mean, I, and it's, the chances are low, I'm just saying if, if they started and if it's say they could have the playoffs all within two or three weeks in the beginning of September, take a month or two off next year, you know, you're just going to have to say there's two years in a row with not 82 games. That's just it. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate for guys like Austin Matthews that Penny Lane, I don't know how to ask you. I'm sorry. Like I'm, I'm, I'm actually recording as I do it and you, you got to be able to talk a bit lower. Please, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. What was I talking? You know, I don't even, I don't even know. Fucking cop, I think. Yeah, the cop. I was talking about the cop. Award it. I'm going to lose my mind. We'll be back soon. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited for 
My next guest, who is a former NHLer that played for the LA Kings, Toronto Maple Leafs, Phoenix Coyotes, Columbus Blue Jacks, Jackets, Detroit Red Wings, as well as dozens of minor league teams. He was also the AHL leader in goals in 2005 and 2006. You'll piss him off if you look his way and cough. He has no resistance to social distance. He's got the best mitts you've seen and no COVID-19. He eats lots of bologna and fended off corona virus. His kids are cute, and man, can he shoot. He likes eggs with yolk and hit the top shelf for a joke. I acted like a clown while he was going bar down. Folks, I'll never complain about a chat with my buddy, Donald McClain. Daddy Mac, how you doing? <laughs> well, that was too much, T.I. That was too much. But thank you very much. Glad you could uh, get me on. Well, it's good to have you on. So for those out there listening now to Tales with T.R., it's it's a lot of the same listeners from Third Man In, but I branched off now, Daddy Mac, and I'm doing my own thing. And as people know on Third Man In, I often went chronologically through someone's career as we did with yours. Yeah. So if anybody out there wants that today, because you are an interesting cat, I've often said it. Uh, we're still friends all these many years later. If anybody yeah. wants to see that or listen to it, sorry, go to the Third Man Inn. It was done last year, and it was a chronological uh, story of Donald's career, and it was uh, an unbelievably interesting career, if nothing else, and you will find it unbelievably interesting. But for the purposes right now, the people, so what I did, Daddy Mac, I wanted to keep it under a half hour today. Yep. Um, so for a few reasons, but um, I just had some people, I just threw it out there on Instagram for people to send in some questions. And I've got a few good ones. So maybe we should just get her going. I, I read Better that. Get out, into it. And uh, so, and I guess the last part of the minor little bio about Donald McLean for you guys that don't know, we were born in the exact same day, January 14th, 77. He's from Bedford, Nova Scotia. I'm from Mount Pearl, Newfoundland. So we're Atlantic provinces. And within those, it's, he's from an outskirt of Halifax, me, St. John's. Very, very similar. He shoots left, so do I, about the same size. Really similar. And good buddies growing up, or good buddies, and we played against each other growing up anyway. So he's situated right now in Halifax area. And uh, we're going to get right on with it. So the first question, which comes from Barry in Quispamsis. What music do you listen to? Wow, what what a start! <laughs> yeah, um, <clears throat> what music? I will be upfront. I am not into music as much as you are, Tr. No, but something got to turn your crank, Daddy. Um, I won't lie to you. I am a radio guy. Yeah, but I this is probably going to sound like it's it's skipping the question but I'm, I'm truly answering the question is I don't have a genre that I stick to really. It comes down to a, I don't want to say I just listen to popular music cause I don't, but something that can, I like a good beat and it could be country. It could be top 40. It could be, a, you know, it, it's been all over the place. I don't have, this is my guy and I don't have a favorite song. That's interesting in itself. And you know what? I don't even think I knew that because we never, I would always have it going. If we just go in you, somewhere, I, I'd have it going. And it's I the would, same as my wife. My wife's got nine million songs. Yeah. And, and I, you, I enjoy music in the background. We have the Google Nest or uh, Alexa, sorry, Alexa. Yeah, yeah. And I love having music. But if you looked at my phone, I don't have one song downloaded. <laughs> and if you were to go turn my car on, it would be on a talk radio station. Okay. 
I got you. It's more ambiance in the background. And once in a while, the beats would uh, probably pump you up for a game or pump you up well, after. Well, I like, like, like you say, now that's a different story. Like I like my sandstorm by Derude before uh, sandstorm by Derude before we step on the ice. That's a beat. It's a, I, you, so you go to beats, whatever it's going like, to be. Yeah. I like the beats. I okay. do. And then one of my favorites, and I think we were playing together at the time. A lot of the times when St. John's played in Hamilton. Chumbawamba. Uh, I can't remember the name of the band, but I think Hamilton would put on uh, Five for Fighting. Five for Fighting. Uh, I think yeah. it was that. Is that the name of the song or is that the name of the band? Years. Something years. Oh, God. That would have been years ago. Fifteen has no sign for you. Yeah, I, I forget the name Either of the way, song. Either way, there's there's one song. I was always the same song in Hamilton. I used to I used to Wow. It's it's not the Five for Fighting song I'm thinking of because it's not yeah. a beat, but anyway. Yeah. We will get there. Food for thought. There you guys can Google that and get back to me. There's Daddy Mac's music answer. Oh, and I call him Daddy Mac, by the way. That goes back. I don't even know how far it goes, but at least twenty years. I would uh, say well we're we're no spring chickens anymore, so it's back. It's back. <laughs> It's, I mean, I think it was when Chris Cross came out with the song Jump, to be honest. Daddy Mac will make it, it jump. It would be all of 20 years ago. <laughs> it would be. It would be. Oh, God, there's these, these, some tough ones earlier. If you led the AHL in goals, why the hell, why the hell didn't you make the NHL longer? Ooh, sting. Are <laughs> we, is it too early to drink? <laughs> <laughs> Holy I shit, what a question. Answer, be, I have looked for an answer in the bottom of bottom of round bottle many nights. <laughs> I know. We've searched. We've searched. I sure. And that's um, from, actually, Jake, that's from Jake and Kamloops, by the way. I don't know if uh, if uh, you were following. I, I was tagged in this 10, day, 10 days of uh, hockey pictures. Oh, yeah. Right. And today I put a picture of... Uh, when I played in Grand Rapids and it had a little thing with my highlight of my careers. And you remember, remember a guy, Scotty Allison, he was the first round to yeah. Edmonton before yes, us. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote, he wrote in the comments, the exact thing you just asked pretty much said. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, interesting. I'm learning a little bit. I myself. wish for that, whoever asked the question, I wish I had the answer. I'll give you uh, my two cents. Uh, when I, LA was kind of back then was in uh, free agency market. They didn't, they didn't have a minor league system. So it was one, if you weren't in the NHL, you were, you were just there. Yeah. Went to Toronto. Pat Quinn was coach GM. That's he, true. Now, before you go any further, we'll tell the people. So Donald and I played together a couple of years pro, but the first one was I was in Fredericton on the, on the Montreal Canadiens farm team. Yep. And we just borrowed like four or five or six guys from the Kings. The Kings did. He's not kidding. They had no minor league team. They just dispersed over the minors with other people's teams. So to put that in perspective, if Donald and I are playing the same position and Michelle Terrian is the coach, he would often, you know, with the Montreal Canadiens organization, this is why I thought it was so ludicrous, Daddy. Yeah. Because you guys, not, you know, they tried to be fair, but subconsciously, it just never was going to be fair. Why would they play a, a, a Kings prospect ahead of a Canadians prospect in the Canadians firm team? Anyway, keep going. I cut you off, but that's important. No, it's all good. No, it's good to give backstory because then from there, could trade to St. John's or play with you again, which you and Al McAdam helped revive my career. Yeah. And then won the scoring race. 
And then uh, that was the year the Leafs went lost the semifinals against Carolina. I believe it was 0-1. And if you weren't 35-plus, Pat Quinn wasn't going to sign you. <laughs> sign with Blue Jackets, herniate my disc in my neck, which cost me a full season. Yeah. Come back healthy. And my uh, testosterone issue. Then I come back again. It's the lockout year, so I got to go to Europe for a year. Come back and I win it for uh, I win the MVP of the league, and then I go to Phoenix. And well, then uh, uh, Gretzky was the coach there, and it was a whole different ball of wax over there as well. So, I, yeah. it wasn't and good timing. wasn't good injuries. Was it? There's a lot of each little screen. each little part of that story can be colored with, you know, two hours of, of, of back talk, you know? So, I mean, that's a really general question there, Jake, but, um, and we do appreciate it. Maybe, uh, maybe listen to the first, maybe listen to third man in the interview with Donald and, and it'll kind of fill in a lot of those blanks. The other thing is when you sign with that many teams, right? Like it, it, maybe I'm wrong, but there's always, I know I'm not wrong. Actually, there's always like, John, you, you were signed, but like, it's one you were signed by all those teams knowing they all knew that you know we got this guy like in the minors that can get 50 like in the a like so he he can play if we need to use him it's good you were you were like a, a an easy out okay you know what we got four injuries let's call up donald because they knew you could do the job sometimes people go to that many teams and i'm one of them like andrew burnett or something they go to one of them and boom then you get called up there's four injuries and then you end up staying and you're in the end and then you get your 40 50 games in and then it's boom you're just you're, you're, you're basically leaving. Well, you, you, want a, you want a good story. The, my, my last year in the American League in North America, I was playing for uh, Pat Conacher in San Antonio Rampage, which is, no, yeah, which is the farm team of Phoenix. And Wayne Gretzky was the coach, coach then, and uh, his former agent was the GM, uh, Barnett. That was my agent. Your agent. Okay, your agent. And then, uh, anyways... Long story short, I called up for my first game just before Halloween, halfway in my gear. Wayne Gretzky calls me in, or the assistant coach came to get me. He said, coach wants to talk to you. I go in Gretzky's office, which is like a presidential suite, not a hockey rink, not a hockey yeah, office. Yeah. It's like yeah. walking into Trump's or Trudeau's office. Yeah. Halfway in my gear, Wayne Gretzky. Remember, this is Wayne Gretzky. And just the year before, I'd won the American League MVP and 56 goals. And you have Wayne Gretzky asking you, um, I heard you can score. How do you respond to Wayne Gretzky when he says, I think I heard you can score? No, I honestly I said, don't oh, know. I, I did okay in the American League. I can't complain. He says, <laughs> you score, you stay. See wow. you later. That was it. That's it. So it was uh, cut and dry like that. It's a black world, kid. You score, you stay. We good? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he said, score, you stay. So that was it. Left the office. That game was, uh, had a goal and assist, and, uh, well, I didn't stay. Wow. So you did score, and you never stayed. And I was was (laughs) second or third star, played with Comrie and uh, Owen Nolan, Mike Comrie and Owen Nolan, and, well, I didn't stay. Well, maybe you didn't score enough. Maybe you expected a half, Daddy. That's it. Essentially, yeah, that's don't don't listen. It's too early for that stuff. <laughs> I know it's too early. Uh, okay, what's the most memorable goal you've ever scored? 
My son asked that, me this could be anything. Doesn't have to be NHL. And this card oh, comes from Carl in Timmins. This, this, there's my son asked me this on a on a semi basis. He asked me different questions. Different goals have different things. My, yeah. I'd have to pick out two. If I had to pick out any, one would be probably scoring the Memorial Cup final in '97 with Hall. I had two goals in that game, game winner, and wow, and we beat Leftbridge in the final. That was a I big. They they the ones that beat us out in Red Deer. Were they? Weren't you yeah, down were, five nothing or something, or were they or to get in the final? There was a five nothing story that someone came back. We well, our our team at the time. I think if you look in history, I believe we are on the wrong end of the largest comeback in Memorial Cup history. Where they came back, yeah. Starting the third period, we were winning six one. Oh man, incredible! That's and we incre- lost seven six in overtime. I remember now. Honestly, that being. 23 years ago, and that stood out. I, I, not like we talk about this all the time. No. It just I, I remember watching the TV, because like, I was heartbroken that Lethbridge beat us on a, on a too many men call, too. Oh, it was, just oh was it? Yeah, hor- it was horrible. And, um, but we deserved it. I'm just saying it was horrible to take as a junior. Yeah. And then watching that, and then though you guys, I mean, and tell, talk about the – I mean, you name a few guys off that Memorial Cup winner. Jesus, you had you were stacked starting with Jose Theodore between the pipes, wasn't he? Actually, no, you're, you're wrong. The funny story is Jose was the year before. Yeah, before. So Jesus. our goaltending was Christian Bronsard, who the year before, he's from Ottawa, actually asked to try out. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. What a story. Now, I remember yeah, no. that name. And I, of course, because I thought Theo was there. He wasn't. No, that was the, year, the, the year before. Theo's Johnny DeLille was there. So was Peter Worrell there? No. So starting a goal, he was there halfway through a Memorial Cup year. We traded for Martin Biron, but he didn't play at all. Oh, Jesus Christ, I remember this. And yes. he'd gone 15th overall. He'd gone yes. 15th overall. No wonder. And I'm watching and the TV going, what? What a yes. weird thing that was. A junior we had a walk. Deal, I know. A junior we had a walk-on goaltender <laughs> win it for us. And he played awesome. Awesome. Where did he end up? He did play awesome. There was, I remember watching it, thinking, like, what the fuck? And then I watched the games, and I was like, yeah, was, of course, he's a number one goalie. What, what happened to him? He, he, you know, like many undrafted players, he just he bounced here and there, a few American League stints. But when you're nobody's, pros, uh, nobody's property, he just kind of fizzled out. Well, I, I, I really don't know, but he didn't get much. People out there, like, ah, there you go. There you go. People ask me. There's an example. So one year, you're watching it on TV and nothing to take away from Martin B. Ron. The year before, Martin B. Ron it was a first-round pick as a goalie. That's fucking really hard to do. He went 15th overall as a goalie. I then, I, yeah, and, and, and a good goalie, not to cut you off, he goes back, wins, wins the Memorial Cup as a backup. So he clearly, it's not like he lost it or anything. They had a guy there that was going to go on and play another 14 years in the NHL. It was come, The next season, B. Ron, Starts playing pro hockey, and within years, I, I think he played a few games the next season, in the NHL, and Bronsard is gone for good. Imagine, one year, one guy's winning the, the Memorial Cup, the other guy's your backup. The next yeah. season, one guy's in the best league in the year, the other guy in the world, the other guy's looking for a game. It's yeah, unbelievable. That, that, that's exactly what it was. Oh, yeah, we had, uh, up front, we had Peter Worrell, uh, Martin Menard, Pavel Rosa, Jonathan DeLille, Jean Guy, uh, not Jean Guy, Jonathan, uh, Christian Dubé, myself, Marty Dubé. Johnson, who coached Al for a number of years. Uh, Dubé was a. Uh, Colin White, he probably our most noticeable defenseman in professional hockey. A uh, couple of Stanley White. Cups with Jersey. Yeah. 
Um, but then we had a, we, we had what we had was a tremendous. We had a deep team, but we had a lot of tremendous junior hockey players. Yeah, we had some because no, we didn't have any. We didn't have five, six, seven NHL studs. No, you did. You had guys that were. You had guys though, like Jonathan Delille. I'm thinking. I just keep thinking. Yeah, he, he's just this. He, he's like a real good grinder. I, I don't mean to insult him. John Jonathan is dead now. Or, or yeah. I, you know, well, I, I played with them. I got trained the year before, so I played half a year with them. Played the Memorial Cup year with them, and then played with them again in Freddie with you. Wow! Yeah. Next year, so it was parts of three seasons I was with Johnny. Great guy too. Always. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he was. He. Was, I liked him. He was good. I guy. hope his family worked out. It ended up okay. Did you ever hear anything about that? I, I hate to say it, but no. I once we kind of once you know how pro hockey is. Yeah, you yeah. just kind of you move around so much and. I went off. Well, I don't know where I went after that, but then I just no, I didn't. You were all over the world. That's the great oh, thing about your yes. career, Danny. You were you were everywhere though. You were all over the fucking planet. Say what you want. <laughs> Say what you want. Like what, I, I mean, don't know if that's a positive or negative. I'm still trying to decipher that. I think for world education, and we've never been in a time like it now where I used to hear the words, you know, travel is the best education, but I didn't really believe it. It was just like when you're, when you're like 10 years old and people say, don't drink and don't do drugs. It's just like everybody's saying it, but you actually have to get that age and realize what it can do and see something happen to form an opinion, right? People are just saying it, same sort of thing. I used to hear travel is the best education. I don't understand how it can be. You're teaching me this math. What am I going to learn math if I just go to Fairyland tomorrow? I don't get it. I don't have to travel. But no, yeah. no. After a while, you start to see it. You see how other cultures live. You, you know, you, you, you definitely become more humble and humanitarian. It, it, was, it was a phenomenal. I was over there for 10 years, nine or 10 years total. It was the, one of the best experiences of my life, my family's life. My son was born in Sweden. You know, was it all was it all sunshine and rainbows? Not a chance. But when you you know, it's much like pro hockey over North America. Not every day is your best day. What was your favorite place you played over there? Well, I have a couple places. My first place would be Finland, just because I played in Helsinki, just because it was my first year in Europe. No kids, lockout. It was just a. It was my first. Yeah outside of North America playing hockey. That was my first experience in Europe. People in Finland are nice too, I heard. I uh, know, I, 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 really, I really enjoyed it there. Well, like, I ended up in Zagreb, Croatia for five years, and I coached the Croatian national team for three years, which I never dreamt that would ever happen. Yeah, and that was I, a great experience. I can't believe that you did that. I, I would never have, not that I wouldn't have been able to see you coaching or traveling, or it just seemed far off that e- either one of us would be in that situation to be coaching in a foreign place, foreign players, like, you know, you never, I didn't realize even when we were 20 and starting off in Fredericton, the scope of what the hockey world could bring. Like, you know, oh. I would never, if you had told me that you would do that, coach the Croatia, I would have said, come on. Oh, me, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I 100% yeah. agree. And, and I've had this talk with other people. Like when we first started, there's no social media, like information didn't flow that fast. Um, no, no, and not at all. And the opportunities, like I see now agents over in Europe will just put an ad on Facebook or here. Well, that wasn't like that. It wasn't like that when we were going through it. And it wasn't slightly like that, Daddy Mac. It wasn't our goal, close. our whole purpose to play hockey is to play in the NHL. It wasn't go to Europe. Yeah. Yeah. I so it, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it wasn't even, yeah, we, I mean, think about how many meals we had, how many times you went out for beers and really that conversation because all of us were planning on playing in the NHL. That was just like, you know, we'll talk about that when the time comes. 
we might talk about a friend over there in a situation, but you know, we weren't at all thinking about Europe, even though it's a valiant career and it's an awesome time. You know, you're focused, I, especially, you know, your second round pick on first. You played in the NHL right off the hop. Daddy played in the in, in, in which your was, first which NHL big, goal was when you were 19, wasn't it? Uh, no, because my birth, birth, my well, I'd say my birthday, your birthday, <laughs> January. <laughs> so it was after that, okay. So, so I was 20, I was 20 at the end of that year. So when I was playing the cup, I was actually 20. It was my 19 year old year. So yeah, I would have yeah. been 20 starting the NHL. Yeah, which was probably hindsight the biggest fucking mistake ever. But it is hindsight. what it is. Hindsight is the year we're yes. in. Um, so, oh, another question here from this comes from Hank. In Vancouver, what of of the teams you played on? What was your favorite dressing room? He's talking NHL of the NHL teams you played on. What would be my favorite dressing room? Probably out of strictly out of character and what it felt like walking in the room. I would say Detroit Red Wings. Detroit, I thought so. I knew it was going to be Detroit or Toronto, but Detroit's. Yeah, even though Toronto goes back a long time, I've but always see that. Them. But see, the difference is when when I when I was in Toronto, they had the the ACC, so it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It but it old. was a new facility. Yeah, it was it was new. And then you also got there's tradition, and of course, there's lots of of winning in the Leafs history. It's just a long time ago. Detroit were in the middle of winning cups. You were there. Well, that and when you walk in, I'm sure you've been to that dressing room. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's nothing fancy. It's painted cinder block, but it has the name like Gordy Haldevec, all the names you yeah. would think of. And Goose the dress box. room was still when you walked in, the dress room was still it was a nice dress room. Yeah. It was good. Even box. though it was an older facility, like the Joe was old, it was still I like I like those. I missed the one rank I really wish I would have been able to be in was the Igloo. I, I yeah. was a Pittsburgh fan growing up. So you never got there? It was a new one. The game I played there, my first ever regular season game was in Pittsburgh the year after Mary retired. And he wow. was like, my, when I was growing up, he was, that's who I looked up to. Did I, yeah, me too. I, well, I, I hate comparing him and Gretzky, but I, I just, or, or, because they're, they're all so different and they're all so great and it's hard to compare. But that's me. Like, if you're asking me, preferably, I hate to say this, but like when I'm when I'm a kid if there was a Pittsburgh game on one channel and Edmonton on the other I'm telling you I just I used to find Mario mesmerizing to watch. Oh, that was it. Just, yeah, he was yeah, I would agree. So He's that was my Daddy one. Mac. Yep. Daddy Mac, I'm in on our birthday and now I don't know. I guess you know when it was 97 because it was the year that was the year. I went back to Red Deer. Jesus. Yep. Talking about the same year. And Lemieux um that was his second or whatever I don't think it was his final, but your retirement game or whatever. But he played in Montreal, and they thought it was going to be his last game, and he scored four. Now, I didn't get one shift. I was on the bench. I watched it, though, front row seats. Oh, you were, you were in the game where he played? No, I was in the game. Yes, oh, I was, game. I was so wild. jealous. I didn't get on the ice, but I watched him great doing everything. Seats. It was, yeah, no. Great it was seats, fantastic. though. It was great, great seats. seats. And oh. I, knew I, was, I, knew I, was, I knew I was going back to junior anyway for the trade deadline. I knew that. It was coming up in a few days. Yeah. So, and I was kind of, you know, when you're that age, you're – you're not thinking about money. I knew I was losing a lot of money going to Japan. I honestly didn't. I was pumped to go back and play junior and go for the Royal Cup, see a few buddies. You know, I, I, and I felt accomplishment. I've only got three games in or four, I think it was, but it, in 96, 97. But I was there and I practiced all year. But I, so I, I actually wasn't at all pissed. I tell that story and people often like got a look on their face and, oh, too bad. I'm like, no, no, I didn't get a shit. It was good. I, 
I was either going to do that or sit in the press box. I got front row seats. I was re- when they yeah. told me I was in the game. I figured I wasn't playing. They they were pretty honest about that. I just yeah. got to sit there and watch Mario Lemieux right in front of me. <laughs> I think at some point any of us have done that. We had best seats in the house. You just sit there like a groceries marker, shift left, shift right. Here's yeah. one some water. Right. In between the periods or a commercial break, stretch your legs, get back on. <laughs> yeah, right. And when we have more time, we'll talk about that uh, mental side. And that's if there's one thing that we can coach. I say to people, you know, that's one thing that you, you can't coach is going through those kind of experiences, which helps. You know what? And, and talk about what you're doing today, which helps this sort of thing. Go ahead, Daddy Man. Well, just going through with like the not-for-profit and, and working with kids, physical literacy activities for youth. We're an after-school activities program, and that's a big thing. That's one side that is a whole different ball of uh, – a whole nother thing when you deal with kids after school versus like I also coach minor hockey. My son, he's uh, 11 years old now and Adam. So those are two different groups, but it's just getting kids active and, and going towards the hockey side. Cause we're on that is everything's about fair play. Now everything's yeah. about fair. Like we grew up, well, I'm sure it seems Mount Pearls in Bedford. If our team needs a goal, well, they just put our line out. I'm sure yeah. the same thing happened to Mount Pearl. Same thing. So it's when you try to do these things, like, and you watch the peewees, the bams, and the midgets, these kids really, and now the parents are more involved, really struggle with any kind of, yeah. uh, any kind of barriers or any kind of things they have to work through. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very, huge very factor. That's a huge factor as you grow. And I find, yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned the parents because I hope there's some listening to really like look yourself in the mirror and just ask yourself if you're being fair to your kid. Cause lots of them aren't, they come daddy Mac and they're like, what do you, what do you think Johnny got to do to make the NHL? And the kid's six, right? Just on his ankles out there, like just trying to stand up. And I'm like, you know, maybe let's think about how, how can he leave the rink today? Happy and wanting to come back. Now we start there and maybe 10 years from now, you can think about your question, you know, like, and people get right. I, I I love seeing them excited, but there's there's a happy medium. Some parents are a little bit too much, and they often expect they're often living through their kid, and I don't think they realize that. I don't even have my daughter in hockey. Not that I wouldn't. I think team sports are important. Daddy Max, she's in soccer, volleyball, basketball. I agree. Yeah. I'm, I'm try- preaching to the choir. Anyway, I'm know. trying to get my seven year old my seven year old daughter into it too, but she's just not biting. She's gymnastics and dance, but yeah, it is what exactly. it is. It is what it is, right? As long as and they're but there, gymnastics and dance. They'll still have to go out there and fail and learn. They'll still have to get coached. They'll still have to get taught. And they're still got people there with them. It's a team atmosphere. So to me, that you know, it's all about growing up and it's all about learning to be a better person. And yes. the stories that we have out of it. You know, we've got these great stories about the NHL and pro and everything to the point that it became mind numbing that I'm like, uh, oh, you know, too bad. We only played so long. But, you know, sometimes you have to look back and go, especially this is one of those times, Daddy Mac, COVID-19. I mean, who gives a shit how many NHL games we played? I hope my mom lives to see tomorrow. No kidding. I hear my dad's 75. He's in isolation right now. Uh, Do you ever do, do you ever do this to yourself? I do this every now and then. When you're sitting there watching a hockey game, and I'm not trying to say, could we play in today's style? I'm not, that's not what I'm asking. But just the way how many players are called up and down, how many more young players are involved in the league versus when we were going through. Oh, yeah. 
I wonder what wonder I wonder for us how that would have played out. It's it's I'll tell you what's it's so different because I was really nervous. I mean, you know me. People listening to this know me. You know, this is my personality. This always was. When I got called up for a lot of those games, like I didn't open my mouth. No one even really knew me. Now I think you could be more yourself. You could because because everybody was way older. Like I just felt it was. I mean, the year before us, Daddy Mac, Ed Jovanovski got drafted first overall. He got sent back to junior. They nearly yeah. sent Joe Thornton back to junior. I played with Scott in Montreal. I remember them talking about that, sending him back. Yeah. And I think oh, Brian Burrard got sent back at first. And I had him on my podcast there a few t- episode two of Tales with TR and complained and got traded. But like that was a thing. Now it's not even Jesus. You go. I mean you can go in the second round and have a chance at, well, that's why what happened to you is such an anomaly, but uh, being daddy played in the second round and did make it right away uh, at one time. But, but, but I'm, I'm really digressing here. Point is there's way, way more younger people playing and that are excited to like, like to me, there was a rookie and I'm not against it. There's a, again, there's a happy medium. No one really treated me poorly, but there was this hierarchy. Like I, I was, I would never have like, tried to dangle someone like through the legs and uh, and you know I know it's my only ability but I, I was worried about going out and first like fitting in okay now okay when we go to the meal what am I do make the veterans eat first okay get my stuff make sure to go to a place that Mark Recchi doesn't want to sit down not that Rex yeah. was a dick but you know what I mean it was all about what should I not do what can uh, I not do show up and do that and then I'll be comfortable am, am I wrong no listen go back to your dangles I was 20, playing with L.A. early in the year, just a routine practice. And it just the stars aligned for him. We're doing a one-on-one drill. I'm going down against Sean O'Donnell. He's pretty tough. Yeah. I fucking, I can't remember the exact move, but in a sense, toe drag, back through the leg, bar down, goal scored. And I'm not a small guy. He had me by the fucking throat in the corner. My feet weren't even touching the ice. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you ever? fucking do that again i'll end you yeah and uh, it's well it's, and here it is practice yeah a lot of fans don't realize this i'm like yeah like it was really a faux pas and they say well you're making them look bad and then you'll be like yeah but like i want to look good like but, yeah. but you couldn't say it it was like it was fucked and not only that i remember this one so my first year in montreal Second year, Andy Moog was there for his last season. Andy Moog, who played on the Oilers behind Way- uh, Grant Fuhrer and even was a starter for a few years. Yeah. And he had that huge career. And he was like 40 or 41 at the time. And it was Andy Moog. So like before the game, before the, or sorry, at the beginning of practice, you're going down. So at first they're like, oh, don't shoot him high and don't make him move. Like just shoot him at his pads. Now I'm thinking this is normal warm up. Like I would, that's normal. Yeah. I think I do it in the two on ones. And then again, I'm not bragging myself up. You practice every day. You take pride in practice. So once I oh, went yeah. bar down, yeah. I went bar down. And Kintal came over to me. He's like, yeah, you got to watch that. I'm like, watch what? It went in. Are you saying that yeah. if it went a little higher, it would hit him in the neck? No, no, no. You're making him look bad. I'm like, look bad? He's Andy fucking Moog. He got four Stanley Cubs. Who gives a shit? There's nobody here. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm on the fifth line, Stefan. Like, what do you want me to I'm do? I'm trying to grab myself a lifeline. Yes, right? Just go down and shoot it at him. And I swear to you, now I know, I, I don't want this to define Andy Moog, but what I know, like I didn't speak to him. It was the end of his career. Like I, do, I didn't say that. I said two words other than if I was coming in and hey, 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 that's it. Every morning, hey, 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 man, what's up? That's it. That's the only thing I ever said. If I happened to cross paths and we looked in the eye, which I didn't want to happen. But like, he didn't move. He did not. He just stood in the net in practice. 
I think looking back, it was because it was Andy Moog and he was given that much leeway. But yeah, like he didn't move Daddy Mac. He didn't, you, you, if you went bar down, he, I can't say he'd get mad because he didn't say anything, but it was certainly implied to me that he'd get pissed off. Yes. Yeah. Do you know who that reminds me of? And we played together at the same guy at the same time and he was a goaltender. Who was like that? In St. John's. What? Bocoon? No, no, no. Jimmy Waite. Oh, wait. Oh, I was thinking Fredericton. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Wait, oh, by far. Of the guys in Fredericton, but by the way, so people that don't know, we, at, at, at one point during that year, 97, 98, we had Thomas Bocoon, Martin, uh, Matthew Garon, sorry, and Jose Theodore. And in the next year, two years later, sorry, me and Daddy Mac go over to St. John's and we play in the St. John's Maple Leafs. Yeah. And Jimmy Wade had played a number of games in the NHL of five or yeah. 600. He yeah. was a starter. And he was, and the thing is about Jimmy off the ice, pretty nice guy. Pretty good. I like, I like, I yeah. call him the view. I like Jimmy. He was great. I, but, but you go down and bury one, bury one top corner, not happy. I'll never forget back in old, uh, not mile one, but the stadium before that. That was uh, the stadium. old stadium. Memorial but, Stadium. Memorial Stadium. I don't know it was my first game, but it was, it was pretty early on when I got traded that first year. Doing uh, three on three on twos or three on ones. You know, you kind of dump it in, break out, and then you come back in and shoot. I was coming down the wall to take a shot, and I didn't know the first time on this drill every time, Jimmy has to take a shot from straight on. So I was coming down the wall for a shot. He didn't even flinch. He just posted up like I was coming down the gut. Yeah, yeah. To take a shot, <laughs> but I'm coming off the boards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he didn't flinch. He didn't even look. He just he like, flinch. this yeah, is how we matter. do it. I was doesn't like, matter. all right, message received. <laughs> yeah, I know. Come down the middle. <laughs> Holy shit! Okay, listen, Daddy, I got, um, I got to take off. We'll have you back. Oh, I like chatting, and um, like I said, I'm doing Tales with TR now, so this is episode 11, and I'm going to have a few of the guests come back. You're a great guy to talk to. Um, what's new? What do you got coming up in the future? What do we got coming up? I'm just trying to fight through this COVID-19 with our not-for-profit and uh, figure out what's going on there, but uh, that's my main, my main focus right now is, is getting youth active, and not just sport-wise, but just overall the after-school hours. Um, getting them moving around uh thinning out up top there Bart, uh, you're thinning out you're, it is it's getting a little it's bit of a cul-de-sac up there what we're no spring chickens anymore we're no spring no, chickens we're not. anymore bud we're, no more. we're not it's yeah it's no use trying anymore no, no no just for men just let her go just we're not but, you, if you, but on a serious note though if you ever have sessions down the road and you ever we have we uh if you ever looking at like uh I know it's a big topic now, but mental health or, or some kind of just different things, how it was and how it is. Don't be afraid to call. I would love to. Yeah. I would love to. And I think, I do think that's very important. I think it's going to be the most important thing in all of this, Daddy Mac, the COVID-19. Um, the economy is going to take a hit and everything, but indirectly or, or directly. A follow to that is, I'm telling you, it's going to be mental health. People, people now, it's, it's what, people are getting cabin fever. Wait till they start, you know, losing money and, and losing shelter and losing food. And again, I don't want to be negative and that's not why I'm, I'm just saying that mental health is going to be a big part of what we got to accomplish right now being beat this thing, right? It's going to yeah. be a big part, mental health. Yeah. Oh, it is. And, and obviously not having this COVID-19 is the best case scenario, but for me, hopefully, 
and who knows where this is going, whether it's two more weeks or whether it's eight months. And I'm, I, I'm not, I don't want to be negative, but hopefully it's long enough, but not too long where we come out of this and maybe we take a breath and realize there's life out there. It's not just hurry up and go, hurry up and go, hurry up and yeah. go, hurry up and go. Smell the roses, eat dinner with your kids, and we simplify life. You're right, Daddy Mac, and I think it's never been more obvious the saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yes. We're going we're gonna to come out of this stronger. Uh, we, yeah, might we, be, we might have to go through a hard couple of months, but nothing compared to what they have or our ancestors have had to do in the past. And uh, we got each other. Daddy Mac, I'm here. Love talking to you. Thanks a lot for showing up on the program. I really appreciate it. uh, Anytime. Anytime. Good luck with everything, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Take care, big fella. And there it is, my good buddy Donald McLean. Same birthday. We got to know each other when we were 10 years old playing baseball against each other. And I had some great stories along our journey of hockey, which all in all, you know, we, we only get it to talk for half hour here and there on air. And it's often to do with hockey, but we do really appreciate what, what hockey has brought to us. And uh, I love that daddy brings back to the community and coaches in a non for profit atmosphere and organization. It's awesome. Love daddy Mac. Penny Lane. I love you. And it was a little trying earlier, but we're in a small place and we got to be in all the time. It's not easy. And you know, I love you. Will you do me a favor and help me read the ads? Yes, definitely. Thank you. And do you have any podcasts that you want to plug? Which, which, is there any podcast out there you'd like people to listen to? I have my own podcast called the Princess Penny Podcast. And make sure to like my dad's podcast. Okay. And yours is going to come out once a week, right? Mondays or Tuesdays? Yes. Okay, well, we're going to start with the ad reads before we leave for another couple days. So if you'd like to go to coolhockey.com, folks, coolhockey.com, type in the promo code THPN, short for the Hockey Podcast Network, and you'll get a discount on anything in the store, which is unbelievable. Yes, you heard me right. Anything. And also, Penny Posh Women's Wear Reimagined. Penny Posh Women's Wear Reimagined. Remember, if you order a hoodie from Penny Posh from my ex-wife and good friend Danielle, I will throw in a signed picture. Senior will show in a signed picture, and I will throw in a signed hockey card. $69.99. Markdown from $129.99. Order a hoodie now. I promise you, on my word, and you know I'm a man of my word, you will love it. Next. The Wedgwood Cafe for all your corporate catering needs. Wedgwood Cafe. Call Peter Wedgwood, 726-1890 for all your corporate catering needs. Thank you very much. Penny Lane, anything else to say? Follow me on TikTok. Okay, what's your name on TikTok? Penny Lane, P-E-N-N-Y-L-A-I-N-E. Okay, hon, thank you very much. And thank you out there in podcast land for listening to episode 11 tales with tr featuring donald mcclain keep your head up out there everybody stay safe